Outdoors Live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard. As always, my main duo partners in crime, Cody Watson, Nick Wilson, in studio with me. We got a good one for you tonight. Heath Baker from Predator Tactics, the man, the man. Up with us. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. Coyote Cowboy himself, Heath Baker, back live and in charge with us. What's going on, Mr. Baker? How are you? I'm solid, man. I kind of like that. <laughs> it's, it's a little better than last time, ain't man, it? Man, that's pretty good. <laughs> Did you rip your shirt off in preparation for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh goodness. Yeah. We had one guy tell us that it sounded like an old wrestling uh, theme song was about to kick off. Are, were you a wrestling fan? Was you a wrestling fan growing up, Heath? Oh, dude. Why be. do you you see me out there with face paint on like the ultimate warrior killing coyotes? Yes. I love now, it. When I got when I got my uh little chaps on my legs down there with the gators and I got my face paint on, I basically feel like the ultimate warrior out there. All, all you're missing is those tassels hanging from that ghillie suit. Heath, what would be right. your wrestling name if you had one? I know you've oh, already thought about this. Come on, man. Kind of. I mean, <laughs> let's see here. Um, well, what would yours be, I Nick? Know, I know man. you've thought of one. What would yours be? <laughs> I don't know. Oreo Delight. Come on. Oreo Delight. <laughs> oh, if I was you, know, a, you got the fur pounder. <laughs> oh, the fur. Oh, the yeah, fur that's pretty, oh, that's pretty good. That's a, that sounds like another station, I mean, but whatever. That is intimidating. And then oh, you see my, my little five foot eight butt come running down the straightaway there. Oh, I love it. I said, I I said, Ray, I said wrestling. Heath. <laughs> yeah, not, Heath would look like Ray Mysterio Jr. running out of that, that yeah. tunnel. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty accurate, actually. Oh my goodness, that is awesome. I always thought mine would be uh, Sweet Feed. <laughs> like a rapper's name that would be my rapper now introducing sweet feed it sounds like you've really put some thought into this <laughs> yeah I, I well i've got that tattooed on my back these boys don't even know about oh, that okay. it's a tramp stamp right. oh yeah exactly so well heath um man there's been a lot of lot of things changed for all of us since we had you on last it was back in january and we dropped that episode in february and from that time, you you know we've we've grown exponentially. We watched you hammer coyotes. We watched you kill bobcats. We've watched you change the whole scope of the coyote hunting game with predator tactics and what you do. And we can't thank you enough for coming back on and being with us again. What has been the biggest thing that has changed in Heath Baker's world in the last seven months since we spoke to you? Well, I I feel like in the last in the last seven months, I've even became a better predator hunter. You know what I mean? Like, to, to be honest with you, the live feeds have made me a far better predator hunter than I've ever been. Because, like, you guys probably hear me talk about it all the time. I have ADHD and I can't sit still. Well, like, whenever I, like, four or five years ago, heck, probably not even, like, two years ago, my max time on a stand was, like, 15, 20 minutes. Right. Those live feeds, I'm sitting there, I'm panning, I'm answering questions, I'm trying to look for coyotes, I'm clicking buttons, trying to strategically play sounds, you know, so I, I got things going on, you know, a lot of stimuli going on, and I sit longer. So my average stand on this live feed is about 38 minutes long, and sometimes I kill coyotes at the hour mark even. 
Yeah, so, I've you know, I've noticed that you've you've become a lot. It seems like you've become a lot more patient on your live feeds because I watch a lot of those, and and so does Alex, and I th- I think Nick may have tuned into several of them as well. But I've noticed that it almost seems like you've become more patient, and not that you were rushing your older stands, but there's sometimes it'll be at like the thirty something minute mark, and I have to get off, and then I'll get back on later, and you've killed a coyote at the forty four minute mark. I'm like, man, yeah, he, he's stuck great. in there. And for anybody that doesn't know, as they start to listen to this, you can follow along Heath Baker Predator Tactics on Facebook and watch his live feed. So turn on your notifications so you're it's letting you know when Heath goes live. And, and it's not only just watching him shoot a coyote or, or whatever he's hunting, but it's watching him educate people. And he interacts yeah, with Yeah, I mean, crowd, I try to walk through else. everything I'm doing. And, like, I, I'll show the setup and talk about why I'm sitting exactly where I am and how I even entered the stand based on the wind. And like this morning, I killed I killed five coyotes in two stands this morning. It was awesome. And this is like the hottest week of the year. But I got out there before the sun was even up and got set down because it was a wide open field. And I knew if I walked in there daylight, they'd probably be out there mousing because they just mowed it and they see me run off. So I put a lot of work into it that I, I don't think people see. We kind of talked about it on the phone this morning. Like if I had a TV show where – they could film from the time I got up in the morning to the truck and like every people would probably be mind blown, you know, because there's a lot more that goes into it than just getting up. Well, I'm going to go coyote hunting today and pull up to a spot. You know what I'm saying? That's must be, must be why I ain't killing as many as you. <laughs> hey, do, hey, do you find yourself hunting at nighttime more this year with it being so hot? Oh man, we slayed. Yeah. See, it grew on me. The nighttime did. I mean, I've hunting in the past, but I got that those burst thermals. Man, it's like taking candy from a baby. You can stand up right there in the ditch and look, I'm running right at you. It ain't. I mean, it's not. They're a whole different creature now. now whole you, different creature. Do you change your calling tactics from nighttime to daytime? Yes, I have a theory. Okay, and he, tell me what you think about this. So guys are always like, oh, "Do I use vocals at night? Do I do I call it night like today?" So I just go to stress. So in my mind, the coyotes, you hear them howl right at dark usually, right? right? And after about 10 o'clock, I noticed I wouldn't hear near as many coyotes howling. Well, I feel like what they're doing is they're, they're locating each other to group up to hunt, right? Okay. So at about, you know, at the 10 o'clock hour, you know, after they've kind of grouped up, I'll stop howling and, and just go straight rabbit. So the vocals for me were working really well from like right at dark, you know, for the next couple hours or so, because basically you're intersecting these coyotes that are trying to group up. But during the summer, you know, like places that you can night hunt in the summer, unfortunately, there's not one of them, but uh, the coyotes are territorial and vocals are still going to work really well at night. But I, man, I tell you what. I killed 90% of my coyotes at night off of that PT baby cottontail, the most simplistic sound i've ever heard in my life i ain't gonna lie to you when i heard it the first time i'm like this this sounds sucks <laughs> and i killed like i man i played like five sounds with these coyotes one night they were like 300 yards away they would not come i turned that sound on had them at 20 yards and shot we shot them all it was, it was nuts tell um you were you, yeah, night hunting's a whole different deal man it's so much fun i think you said that you went what and you can correct me if i'm wrong but didn't you meet up with those burst guys and go, where did y'all go night hunting that uh, together? Colorado. Tell, tell us about that hunt. There. 
Well, I got – I was getting a little bit – we were calling kites in every stand. I mean, just running in every stand. And it was cold. It was 20 degrees with like a 20-mile-an-hour wind. And it was snowing at times. But every single stand, we had coyotes just coming in from all directions. And we shot like 20-something coyotes. And there was a stand where I uh, called in a whole pack of coyotes. And it was a circus, man. I shot one in front of me, ran around this deal, shot another one, got up, went to the other side of it, shot another one running off. And ended, I ended up killing all the, every coyote that came in on that stand. And, and Logan with Burris looks at me and he said, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but we were having coyotes walk up at like 400 yards on some stands. And I was shooting my, my AR, you know, with the thermal on it. And I got frustrated because the wind was pushing the bullet so bad. So I took it off and put it on my six Creed bolt gun and zeroed it for 200 yards, and I was dropping coyotes at, like, 600 yards a night. Game. It, was, it was so cool. Game over at that point. And do you generally find oh, yourself man. running that AR more at night as opposed to your bolt gun? Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, it just makes more sense because at night you got your, your eye in the scope, and if you lift your head up from that thermal, you, you don't know where the coyotes are. That's right. So if you're, if you're shooting a bolt gun, when you rack that bolt, you tend to pull your head up. With that AR, you can stay down, pull the trigger, bang, and transition to the next coyote. You keep your head down in the scope and, and obviously, you know, keep uh, a visual on the, the other coyotes. Yeah, and all hell breaks loose after <laughs> that first shot tees off. Sometimes it does. I've watched Cody empty a gun shooting it once it's running <laughs> off, and I can't even see it. Yeah, that was Where back, did it go? That was back when ammo was more readily available. Hey, you ain't going to hit it unless you're shooting. That's right. That's, that's my motto, burn powder. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's doing an unsuppressed right in my eardrums. The problem. <laughs> oh, with that. that's a different story. That's a different story. <laughs> oh, so you boys gotta get suppressed. That's I am suppressed. No, I suppressed. am. I and I've saved his eardrums. Listen I, to him. He's, he's like, it's like a badge of honor, ain't it? It's a terrible. It's <laughs> it's awful. When I went when I started shooting suppressed, Cody was like, "Man, that's nice," and I'm like, "Yeah, let me shoot instead of you shooting." <laughs> Man, I have killed so many. You know, a lot of guys are like. Does it really help to shoot suppressible? Damn right it does. Man, like like this morning on the second stand, I I couldn't go live because I didn't have great service, but I just killed the double. I sat down. I howled one how that man looked to my left, and here come two coyotes, literally within 30 seconds. And they're at 100 yards, and I stop, and I shoot, and I screw up. My can was unscrewed like a half turn, so it, it threw my, my shot off way low. So I, and I knew exactly what happened. So I reached up, I screwed it on, and they they didn't run off at that point. So then I shot the front one, and the second one just ran out there about another 50 yards, stopped, looked back, I shot him. Now, you take that can off, and you put that uh, muzzle brake on there, whole different ball game. They're, it, you know, they're off to the races. And then right after that, I called another one. You know, So the suppressor definitely has increased my success in, like, my numbers. Now you go to a state that that doesn't allow suppressors, and I'm I'm not sure in the Midwest, other than Illinois, the ones that don't. I know Iowa and Missouri and Kansas allow them, but have you been to any other states? Like, did Colorado allow you to hunt suppressed? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, no, I, I haven't been anywhere yet. See, I just I won't have my suppressor for about almost a year. Yeah. But in that year, I killed 536 coyotes from May to May. 
Is that uh, so? That's where you ended up in May. I know you were in the four hundreds when we talked to you back in. January. Yeah, yeah, I ended up killing five hundred and thirty-six coyotes. Dang, <laughs> kill more dogs than Parvo. <laughs> Man, right. you know, but I'm fortunate enough. Like I've worked my butt off to be able to do what I do, and I'm super freaking grateful for it because. I couldn't, you know, I used to be a therapist and I loved it and it was very gratifying, but, you know, obviously every hunter in the country would love to be able to hunt for a living. And, and But there's a lot more to it than just hunting for a living. But I get to go out there and do something I absolutely love every single day. And, and uh, you know, it, it never gets old. But being able to put that much time in it, obviously, you know, I got more time to go out and smash the hell out of coyotes. So, Thank you. Are you traveling more nowadays? Um, actually, I'm traveling less. Really? To be honest, yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, you don't I, have a you don't have a problem with not finding coyotes with traveling less? Oh, I'm just now starting to see my numbers. I've got about eighty thousand acres over around you know, Fort Scott, Kansas area, and I probably killed four hundred of those five hundred and thirty six, you know, in that area. And I'm definitely starting to see some numbers drop now. Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. But you know, I've got I've got ground out west that's just. I mean, you'll you'll kill twenty if it's on. You'll kill twenty coyotes in a day. And I got I got ground all over. But this, as soon as it starts to cool off, I'm definitely going to be doing some traveling. Me and me and Bo are going to go to uh, Western Kansas and Eastern Colorado over his fall break. And I'm not even going to shoot. I'm going to run a camera and let him shoot the whole trip. What's Bo's number up to now? He is nineteen for twenty. Nineteen. I I knew I knew there was that one missing there. I was wondering if he'd hit twenty. Six yet. years old, man. Oh yeah, I know. And he every and, time I hunt with that kid, he does something that just, he just amazes me. Still got to get I him mean, that double. I know. I know. I need to get him back on the AR because you know he ain't a bit, very big cat. So reaching out there and r- r- you know rolling that bolt. You know, sometimes it's a little tough for him, but yeah, if he'd have had the AR on that last thing, he could have killed the double, but he'll get there. Oh, I yeah. mean, man, I when I was I didn't start coyote hunting until I was thirteen, and I think I missed my first twenty. I mean, I told you guys that this mm-hmm. kid. The thing about it is, it's composure. Because composure in hunting, whether you're, you know, whitetail hunting or whatever, when it comes down to the heat of the moment, you know composure is everything that's right you got to keep your composure to 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 make the make it happen and that kid out of everybody i've hunted with has the the best composure i've ever seen in my life it's scary he just zones in and and missing is not even in his head he's gonna shoot he's gonna drop the coyote and you know that's all there's to it how much does this time of year change for you heath as far as um deer season right around a corner in the midwest um oh, like farmers it, letting you come on their property and stuff yeah i mean as you know everybody's got their ground leased out but i don't i don't obviously i don't drink rifle season i don't coyote hunt around here but then i switch over to kansas and coyote hunt you know because i'm right here on the state line and then i'll do some traveling then too and but it definitely changes it up and then you got you know the hunters are kind of pressuring the coyotes too especially you know you get around deer season then right after deer season ends that's when all the tournaments start. So then the cats get even more pressured. But have you ran honestly, into any issues with um, deer hunters? Um, one. <laughs> I had one bad issue. Was he hunting we a big deer? Mis- 
yeah, we had a little miscommunication and something got leased out that, you know, the dad didn't know about. And this old boy had a 200 inch deer in there and it, it was a sticky situation. But we, you know, I got all the land on and we got everything taken care of. I mean, stuff just happens sometimes, but. He shot the 200 inch deer in there. Yeah. No, he, I, I actually hadn't even made it in there. I just pulled up and was getting ready to roll, but. No, not really. I mean, I communicate with my farmers, you know. The last thing I want to do is make one of them mad. I mean, those guys are are letting me on their ground, which is their livelihood, and that's a big deal. So me communicating with them is huge, you know. I, the last thing I want to do is make one of those guys mad and lose some of my coyote ground. That's right. You mentioned uh, you mentioned tournaments and, you know, the, comp- the coyote co- competitions. Have Is that anything that's ever interested you, trying to get in those or – Man, back in the day, I loved them, and I would—I only hand called during tournaments, and because uh, I, I, hand calling is my bread and butter, man. I didn't use an e-caller till I was like twenty-five. But um, me and my buddy that I started coyote hunting with, one year we won every coyote tournament around my area. There was like five tournaments we won them all. But honestly, now it's just—I I don't know, you know you got a lot of people that cheat and stuff and it's just, it takes a lot of the fun out of it, but I am really competitive. And and this year we kind of got me and my buddy kind of got called out. I'm going to throw this one out there. This is going to be a fun deal. So in January, in January, this thing gets stuff started right here, boys. Uh, In January, there's some boys out there in meet Kansas that, uh, they're pretty competitive with me and my buddy whiskey. And uh, they made a little bet that they can beat me and my buddy Whitsky in the turn in the Mead Can- uh, Mead Kansas tournament this coming year. So, uh oh, it's gonna it's gonna be like a pay per view deal, <laughs> man. <laughs> have you ever thought about getting into the Eastern? I have actually, and uh, thing about it is, I'll be honest with you, I, I can call I, I can call coyotes out there, but it's a whole different ball game whole different ball game out there right because you're and in, i haven't i haven't hunted out there very much and you're west of the mississippi where you hunt normally in kansas yeah. and in missouri yeah the farthest i've hunted east is uh indiana georgia yeah georgia oh georgia yeah dude man i thermal hunted down there on a cut peanut field one time that was awesome <laughs> well and i i think the big thing for us being not only acquaintances of yours but fans of yours as well we we see a lot of guys you know they they hammer on those coyotes in iowa illinois uh tennessee in the virginias the carolinas etc and we we'd like to see you come out here and give them a run for their money and see what you could do i mean i'd, I'd love oh, to we're gonna make it happen but it's all about ground that's right. the biggest thing yep. i mean ground, yeah 100 percent if you've got you good gotta ground, have a lot of ground to kill out of coyotes. Yep, and those guys that are bringing in 40, 45, 50 coyotes, they've got the best ground that they're letting set, and they know they're there. Those, they're checking those, those fields. Those guys got ground they didn't touch. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That, and there's some guys around here, they'll have ground that, uh, that they won't even they won't even coyote hunt until it's tournament season. You know, me, I'm over here killing coyotes <laughs> all year long around. And this is the first year that I've, I've hunted, you know, um, all year. Right. Two years ago, I'd make a couple stands in the summer if it cooled off. Now, I'm out there in 107 degrees killing doubles. <laughs> and and this is one thing I, I think we should definitely talk about is 
you know, a lot of guys don't think Kyle Hunt is good during the summer. And that's that's a myth, man. But I really enjoy honestly yeah, my my favorite time to hunt coyotes is summertime. Right now, this time of the year when the, the hay fields are cut. And my day looks like this. I, the night before I usually am on Onyx till about two in the morning trying to figure looking at spots, looking at the wind, uh barometric pressure, thinking about my setup, which was, you know, obviously the sun's coming up. In the east, I don't want to be facing the sun. I mean, I'm I'm trying to pinpoint down which exact stand is going to be absolutely perfect for the wind, the sun. You know, if it's if it's going to be hot, I, I want a water source nearby. Um, is there a cut hay field? I mean, I put so much thought into this, man. And then, you know, I make that morning stand, but I'll, I'll be out there cruising back roads and knocking on doors and picking up ground and trying to find the absolute best spot for that one last stand. And what I realized is, you know, during the winter, I'll pound stands out all day long. But really, it's it's for me, it's so much more gratifying to to really put a whole bunch of effort in to strategically picking one stand, and then whenever it pays off, you know, it's it's just really gratifying, man. I I love doing these live feeds. I love it. And I heard John Collins mention on a podcast recently, and I know you and John have, have talked back and forth. I see y'all commenting uh, on each John, other's stuff. Man, I can't say enough good stuff about that guy. He, I got a lot of respect for John. He's a great dude. He was on a he was on a podcast, the Southern Outdoorsman, and I heard him on there, and he he was he was saying the same thing that summertime coyotes they're almost stupid and they're easier to kill. Yeah. And he loves hunting that time of year. Vocals, man, vocals, vocals, because the, the coyotes are grouped up. Um, if you hear them howl at night, they're probably going to be pretty close to where they howl, you know, in the morning and during the daytime. They don't travel near as far during the summer as they do the fall and winter. But so, and they're territorial. So, you know, if you get in there and you use the right vocals, they're going to come investigate who's in their territory. And you have an opportunity to shoot a lot more multiples during the summer because they're grouped up. And right now, uh, this past uh, season's pups are big enough where they're out running around, you know, and I'm, I'm not that guy. I will never shoot no little puppy. You know what I'm saying? Like I got morals and, and all that, but when they get big enough to troll on their own, they're free game. You That's sound right. like, you sound like Joseph worth now talking like that, letting <laughs> all them puppies go. <laughs> we had a, we had one that wasn't even a foot tall that I called in on a live feed a while back. Dang. And I don't remember seeing that one. Big old, 40 pounder came in after that he got smoked but <laughs> are the bobcats real bad out there still actually man in the last like i called in one two three five bobcats in the in the last month on live feeds i don't know walk right in your lap 20, yeah 20 yards are they legal there the tax can't, the can't put it no not during it didn't open until november 15th Okay. It's kind of like here. Same. But but I'm taking notes, you know, like when I call Cat in, I use Onyx and I'll, I'll make a note on that spot. You know, Bobcat came in from the back corner of the field. Yeah, you called that so, spot when you set up. You said, man, this looks like a perfect spot to kill a Bobcat. And then that. that I know. My sixth sense kicked in. I got, I, I feel like I do have this. I do it so much that I just read the terrain and you know what I'm saying? And the environment. And, and I kind of have a good idea where they're coming from. If there's cats in there. But yeah, I just had this weird feeling. There's, a, you know, bobcats in there, and actually, I called in two. 
Yeah, it was one big one at the end of the field. Oh, my goodness, dude. You should have seen how big that thing was. His head looked like a volleyball. <laughs> I, I saw I'll it be, on the live. I'll be going like back to that, old boy. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. You use any turkey calls to call those in, Heath? No. No, I just use it. For bobcats, man, I use I, decoys everything. Because cats are really visual. You know what I mean? And that decoy is, is like a lifesaver with a cat. But I play a lot of high-pitched, high-frequency sounds like bird distress, um, baby cottontail, too. But that that bobcat – see, here's another thing. If you watch that live feed back, a lot of guys are like, oh, if you howl, you start to stand out with the howl, you're not going to call a bobcat. You're going to scare them off and they're going to come in. That's not true at all. I, I've howled like four different howling sequences and then turned on baby cottontail and that cat came right out. That, that myth's busted. Yeah, that that you talking about bobcats being visual. I remember we called in several when we were coyote hunting, and they would come and sit at the edge of the field forever before they would commit. Yep. Mm-hmm. They would just sit on but their. But you butt. turn on a decoy. Yep. You turn on a decoy, and they'll creep right out to it. And then when they lock up, uh, change your sound up to a more rapid, higher pitch sound, and they'll keep on cruising in most of the time. I think a lot of people that say that they don't like hunting coyotes during the summertime or fair weather coyote hunters I yeah think, i think it's I mean, just a lot being out there it's a rough life out there i ain't gonna lie man i've had some whew, i'm a fair weather coyote hunter seed <laughs> ticks man i got i crawled under a fence and i was hunting with crystal come up and i had thousands of seed ticks on me i was naked running to the truck scraping them off with a pocket knife it was a bad deal but I don't know. I got smarter. So have I'm using you, buck spray and stuff. Have you had a hard time finding uh, shells this time with all this stuff going on? Man, I, you know what's so awesome? You know, I got a lot of guys that follow me and watch that live feed. And, and uh, yeah, I was getting – and I reload, but I, I didn't have stuff for six creed. But um, there's some guys – a guy named Gabe with Gabe's Gun Shop. Actually, his name's Cody, but Gabe's Gun Shop. He hits me up because I said on there, man, I'm getting low on ammo. And he freaking sent me a case of ammo, man. He's like, hey, I love you know your show. I appreciate everything you taught me. And, and you know, the guys that watch my life, they take care of me. It's it's so awesome. We're like a tight-knit little family on there. Yeah, you can definitely see the same people on there over and over again that tune in and know when you're getting know when you're getting ready to go on. And, I mean, it's it to me, watching you on there has been educational to, to anyone that, if it was a amateur wanting to get into coyote hunting, their best bet would be to find out when you're going live and they can watch you from the start of your setup and you explain why you sat up there, why you're playing this call, why you're doing this, why you're doing that. And it's almost educational for them to be able to do that. And that's the big right. thing. You're not just going live and shooting a coyote in the face. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, what blows my mind that nobody else has done it really. But you look at how much work and effort you already said on the show. How many times you set up till two o'clock in the morning on Onyx making those preparations? People don't do it because it's not, it's not cohesive to their lifestyle. I mean, given you're probably one of the the only guys in the in the country right now that's consistently going out and killing the amount of coyotes that you are and doing it for a living. I mean, this is your job. Your job is to go right. out and kill coyotes and. How many guys are fortunate enough to be able to do that? Very few. But how many guys are consistently doing it at the level you are? 
nobody else is. I mean, like we spoke of John, John's a hammer on the dogs, and he's got his uh, own TV show and everything. And bitch and shoot. Yeah, he's a he's a he's an ace on the rifle, and and I think that's something going back to what you said about the competition hunting. Those guys that are consistently winning those, that's the all the the advice they ever gave Cody and I was don't miss, don't yeah. miss. Yeah, and we won a, we won a couple yep. in Georgia here. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't for probably not missing. <laughs> I mean, we missed a few. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I think it's all about getting into the groove of what you do. On a day-to-day basis, you consistently go out and you put your time and effort in. How many people are really willing to do that? Because as hard as it is to kill a big deer, it's probably equally as hard to go to a place like you hunt and do what you do. I mean, you're consistently being able to do that, and kudos to you on that. I appreciate that, man. I think I think if you really genuinely love something and you're just a up with it and extremely passionate about it, <clears throat> it just comes easy. You just you want to learn and you want to become a sponge and you want to try to be the best you can be at it, you know, and I'm not done. I'm, I mean, I'm still learning, but no, I, you know, I had a guy ask me, you think you'll ever get tired of Kyle hunting? No, I never will. Never. I want to see you get to New Mexico and, and some of those places in the, in the far West and stress. I know. I couldn't imagine if I lived out there in like Wyoming or Eastern Colorado or even Western Kansas, and was doing what I'm doing now. Like, I got half a million private acres I can hunt in eastern Colorado, and man, I would be killing. I, I I guarantee you, if I did live feeds and lived out there, I would have killed a thousand coyotes this year. So what you're saying is, is we need to be going to Western Kansas with Heath Baker. Talk about it outdoors and Heath Baker out there. Well, that's that's the trip that, you that, need to set up, Cody. Get on that right, with him. <laughs> writing it down in my book. Write it down in your book and set that up. We'll fly well, out. We'll meet just, Heath there. There's just more opportunity out there because if you think about it, like around here, a big plot of land for a farmer to have like 500 acres right. you know you get across the state line over there in kansas there's farmers that got a few thousand the farther west you go i got a guy out there that's got 125,000 on one ranch and one piece is 85,000 consecutive acres you can hunt that for days you know what i mean that's right so and there's not a lot of houses in there and these cows aren't getting near as pressured and, and there's just you know all it is 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 brush rabbits and, and and cows so there's just a lot more coyotes out there and you can make more stands you ain't got to travel near as far one my favorite way to hunt is actually the lazy way but me and my buddy whiskey he's got a ranger we'll get on like that eighty thousand acre piece get on a canyon with the wind blowing in our face and just hunt down it and make stands every 1500 yards and just go all day long buy some sandwiches the monster and we'll roll yeah, that that'd be fun right there. Just oh, ride man. along, it's, stop, it's make a set, thing. ride you think, along. You think there's any business opportunity in having a coyote business? Like if you took it from state to I state. Say, well, as far as are you talking about guiding? No, I'm talking or, about like if you had a business where you had a couple guys from different states that worked for you and you guys went in there and promoted as, Hey, we'll come on your farm and clean it up for X amount of dollars and we'll guarantee you that we'll take these coyotes off. And they hire you, yeah. and you go in there, and you take them off the property. I don't know. Trapper's been doing it for a long time. I mean, there's trapping businesses that do Yeah, but nobody I mean, cares about got, the fur no more, so it, nobody so. cares about trapping. So I, I I didn't know. I didn't know if that, was, if that would even be a business opportunity. Now, Heath Baker Guide Service? 
<laughs> I do. I do some guiding though, and man, I, that's another thing. I I guided quite a few people last year, and it's cool because I always end up making friends with these people. You know what I mean? And I had to. It, it taught me a lot too because sometimes I forget that I'm doing this every day, and some of these guys that came at home and they ain't never even shot a coyote you know what i mean right so i gotta slow my face down because if, if you, ever, you know you ever hunt with me you'll find out i get out i put my pack on i'm gone man i'm on a mission you know and i'm uh, the only time i walk fast is when i'm hunting but uh yeah i slow it down and, and it i kind of talk them through it and educate them on why we're going in this way while we're hunting the stand you know what i mean and it, i've had some awesome experiences this guy wanted to kill a bobcat and I, I called in this bobcat for him, and it was, man, it was intense. And he freaking smoked it, jumped up. This guy's like six, six, <laughs> 300 pounds. He bear hugs me. He's about to start crying. <laughs> I mean, it just, my buddy Garrett Slaughter, I called in his dad's first coyote. He shot a 40-some pound coyote with me at 20 yards running with a freaking old 243 wood grain stock off the pair of shooting sticks in the middle of the day. And it was one, I'll never forget that moment. And they got that Kyle mounted in their house. And there's a picture of me and his dad and his son, you know, with that Kyle. It's just, it's just memories, man. I mean. He's Baker's you know, God service with a 15-bedroom house that people can stay in. <laughs> someday. Someday, man. Oh, uh, have you have yeah. you been fortunate enough to kill one of these new color face dogs that they're talking about that look just like a husky, the light brown and the the light gray? Hey, and the man, I don't gray? think they're around here. I think there there's more of those down south. Yeah, they've been. I ain't never seen nothing like that around right here. I was talking to a um, a trapper recently that's that saw several of them out towards Mississippi and on the western side of Alabama, but he, he said Georgia, yeah. he hadn't I called any I think John yet. Collins got some in Kentucky, too. Yeah, that's what he was talking about the other day on one of his uh, Instagrams, that he was he was seeing some of them show up there. I, and they look just like a husky dog. I mean, they look exactly like a husky dog as far as their color, but they're, they're coyotes. It's just a color phase that's going into the breeding now. Are you yeah, finding – are cool. you finding – is there anybody still – it's probably different out west, I know, because their furs are a little better. Is, is, are people still interested in furs, or is just the fur market so down that it's just? I mean, it's pretty down, really. You know what's funny, though? I do get a lot of people that, not a lot, but there's some people that are like, why are you wasting these coyotes during the summer? You know, you shouldn't be shooting them during the summer. The thing is, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't keep fur. Um, usually during the winter, I give them away to guys that, that want to skin them out because I don't mess with it, but. I'm a coyote hunter. You know what I'm saying? A coyote's a coyote. I don't care how if it's it's got a summer coat on or a winter coat, it's still gonna, you know, fall so, over when I pull the trigger. That's right. <laughs> and I think the fur market now. That gentleman I was talking to, he said that a, a full grown coyote was only with a full coat was only bringing seventeen dollars right now. He said when he was yeah, a kid, a it was bringing seventy eight dollars. He said in nineteen sixty five, he would get se- uh, between. Sixty-five and seventy-five dollars for a full-grown take coyote. that times five hundred thirty-six. Yeah, well, you take that at that time of the you know in nineteen sixty-five. What was seventy dollars worth to somebody? I don't know what the the dollar rate for inflation was at that time, but you're talking I mean, a lot I'm, of money. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, for seventeen dollars, I don't even know if I'd skin one out. You know? The guys I up heard in, a rumor that Kansas is gonna is trying to pass a deal where there's a bounty on. 
And if that if that happens, I'm sit, I'm gonna be sitting pretty. <laughs> but good. at the same time, when that happens, you know, obviously everybody in the brothers are gonna try to shoot a kite out the window and try to kite hunt more often, so they get more pressured, so they'll be more leery, making it harder to hunt them. You know what I mean? So it, it has its its pros and cons too. But you need to you need to stretch it out, and you need to go to Kentucky and hunt with a shotgun and bring them right up in your face, Heath. With that and I'm supposed to, to go. To, I'm supposed to go to Kentucky on uh, the first. First of September. Yes, sir. Oh, nice. <laughs> That'd be right so there. We'll be, we should have some live feeds from Kentucky during that time. Nice. It's going to be interesting. Well, and that, those those dogs up there should be a little easier to hunt because nobody's hunting them at night. Well, does it make it tough this time of year with all the crop fields? Yeah, I mean, that's the tough thing is the, the grass and battling the heat, but um, that's why I hunt a lot of cattle ranches. The cows keep the grass much down, and I sit in that stool. That stool stays – a stool, if you're going to kyle hunt during the summer, these are some necessities. Okay, you ready for this? Yep. A tripod that extends up so and a stool because when you sit in that stool even if it's a foot up off the ground that's to getting you up above that vegetation you know what i'm saying and your tripod obviously you can hook your gun to it and you ain't got to touch your gun and hold your gun so that gives you that that your hands free you know i use that the dead eye tripod which in, in my you know i feel like it hands down is the best tripod on the market for the money i mean i've killed coyotes at thousand yards shooting off that thing but being able – and when I sit down, I uh, it, it's nice because, you know, you have an idea where the cow's going to come from when you sit down on a stand. You're sitting there evaluating it. My brain's like a computer. When I'm walking in, I'm analyzing all kinds of stuff from there's tracks. They're using this fence road, the highway. There's all kinds of tracks. So I see that they're coming from that draw over there, you know. Um, they're probably bedded up over here because it's 11 o'clock and they, they already went back to bed and that's the thickest spot. So probably gonna come from there. So my gun's already pointing that direction. That way if they pop up, all I got to do is get down on my gun. You know what I mean? Or, so that it takes away that much more movement and shooting off a tripod is just so much more steady than shooting sticks. But, um, yeah, th- those are, that's a necessity. And, you know, a lot of guys kind of give me crap for, Wearing that Viper hood, but breaking up your – when you're sitting up, obviously you're more exposed, you know, and I try to back up against a tree or some brush or something, but there's not always stuff to sit by sometimes. And uh, I throw a little veil over my rifle and wrap it around the legs of my tripod, and it creates a blind in front of me almost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I got that ghillie top on, so it breaks up my silhouette. And, man, I've sat in fields that have been hayed, that are like golf courses, just right in the middle of it with that on and call kind of in 20 yards. Is Breaking there... up your silhouette does like, it's like magic. Have y'all not got ticks and chiggers out there? Cause I think <laughs> no, if I went and sat in a hay field over in up here in North I look Georgia. like I got measles all summer. <laughs> how many, how many thermosils you run? <laughs> A bunch. How many bottles of that Permanon do you go through or Permethrin? Can you put out any kind of attractant for coyotes? You can, but it's pointless. I mean, it really is. You can run a drag line or something, (laughs) a chicken liver or something. (laughs) 
This is our non. Yeah, this is our that resident is a, non. That is exactly hunter. what I want dragging behind me in summer in Georgia. Ninety-five degree weather, chicken liver. You, you know what happened though, right? You'd end up forgetting about them, leaving them, the chicken livers in your truck, and they sit in there and cook. You know, and then yeah, and then you're gonna have that smell in there for ever. Oh, my oh, goodness, that is great. <laughs> chicken livers. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you could tie chicken out or anything, I guess. There's I people that, yeah, I got that hunt over deads and stuff. All right. Shoot. I got a question for you. So, in comparison to other hunting sports, how many coyote hunters do you think there are? Not many. Do you think there's more coyote hunters than duck hunters? Do you think there's equally no. as, as many coyote hunters than deer hunters? I'd say there's a, the, the smallest – I'd say it starts anymore probably with small game hunters. You got small game, and then you've got. Mm, I don't know. I still think coyotes would be at the bottom. I think for predator hunting in general. In general, yeah, I yeah. think predator hunting would be still smaller than small game. Yeah, because there's. A I lot. mean, I, you know, that's I. The thing is, like predator tactics page. When I started, I think we had eighty thousand followers, and and it and within the four years or whatever, it's at one hundred and seventy eight thousand. Just for predator hunters, which, I mean, that's pretty good. But if you think about it, like, what, you know, most guys that really are trying to manage a spot for deer, after a season's over, what do they do? They're, they're going back in there to kill them coyotes that screwed up, you know, that, that scared off that 160. That's right. You know, they're trying to take the coyotes. So, technically, even if it's for a short period of time, they're a coyote hunter. And what do they got to do? To do it, they got to buy a hand call or some or an e call. You get what I'm saying, right? I think uh, if you, I think it's all if you, how you're categorizing them. If you're calling them a predator hunting, a predator hunter, where that that's strictly all they do, the number is very low. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think I, I think all of us as outdoorsmen at some point are are predator hunters. You know, that's what we do in the off season. That's right. You know, I'm fixing yeah. to become a coon hunter again. I can tell you that it's me coons. I'm seeing it's, all my cameras and what it's done to the turkey population. Coon? No, we talked about it. Yeah. We've talked we about it. Like, hey, you know what? It, it's like at night. Oh my, it, it's kind of scary to be honest. Like, <laughs> man, I little trash pandas but... coming everywhere at you. So oh, no, they're like little kamikazes. Man. So I'm up there in Iowa. And I didn't have, like, a thermal scanner or nothing. And I just had my IR. And my buddy Josh Hillman, uh, he nonchalantly says, there's a coon coming. I'm like, okay. You know, I don't know if it's 100 yards, 50 yards, 3 yards. And he said, it's getting close. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, how close? Real close. He said, watch out, it's going to get you. (laughs) And I turned my headlamp on and looked down, and this coon is right at my feet. And it was not just any coon. It was a mini black bear and this thing screamed at me and latched onto my leg i it scared me so bad i mean i ain't gonna lie to you i, I screamed like a woman and i was like high stepping like i just scored a touchdown in freaking super bowl man they're they're mean little suckers dude little trash panda attached to your leg you're running across the cornfield you, you get up next to an old house at night and turn on coon fight these things come crawling out like zombies. Uh-huh. Skunks are bad in the Midwest. I've seen a yeah, lot in Illinois lot when we deer hunt. I've been cornered by one in Illinois. I'd yeah. have two. I had to run out across the soybean field. <laughs> yeah. They like chase your life. <laughs> they like come after you. I don't know, but I would say the predator is probably state dependent just because of uh the. You guys can see a lot further out there where you hunt, 
here. Yeah. I mean, if you find a big block, you usually got to go to South Georgia or, or to the east side of the state to find big. I mean, around where we hunt at, if you find a good pasture, I don't know. I mean, y'all know y'all can speak more to that, but I mean, most it's, unless, it's harder to hunt around. Yeah, here, unless probably. you get on big ag land, you're looking at maybe two, three hundred yard shots at the most. Yeah, you know, and that's that's good land. Yeah, and, and yeah. I guess it all so depends. What kind of, so if you got a max, if you're hunting, you know, land that your max shots, you know, pretty much three hundred yards. What do you think the the uh, best caliber to use for that would be? I mean, I'm I'm only going to I'm going to go with the same caliber I always use. I'm whether I'm shooting 300 yards or 75 yards, I'm going to shoot that 65 Grendel. I mean, cuz that's the gun I built a coyote hunt with. Yeah. Right. I I my go-to gun would always be 22250 cuz that's what I always hammered them with even though I switched to 223 later. And I know that's I mean, but we were hunting a bunch of ag land too back when we were hunting a lot and and we knew that yeah, I mean, if I'm going to shoot a know. long way, I want Cody sitting there and me running the call, and he's got that 22 250. There ain't no doubt about it. I mean, he's he's a better shot at those long distances. Do you, do you know what I've learned though? Like I built this steel range, and it is so awesome. And and that steel range has, I mean, opened my eyes to what long range shooting is, and it's really made me a better shot. Like I got I got targets all the way up a, a thousand yards, steel plates everywhere out there. And I'll sit out there and I will shoot. And I'm at the point now where, you know, a few years ago or whatever, 300 yards was a pretty good shot, far shot. And now it's like, it's a gimme. And, you know, I'm 100% confident out to about 450, you know. Right. And I, and, you know, back a few years ago, whatever, if a coyote was at 700 yards, I wouldn't even think about it. But sitting out there shooting my gun, getting to know it really well, I shoot that six millimeter Creedmoor, and now I'm shooting a, a 103, and and it bucks that wind really well. But the other day I had Bose 223, and I had a, a 12 mile an hour crosswind, and you know shooting that 55 grain bullet at 400 yards, dude, it's pushing like five feet, dang near. Well, I guess it was 120 that day, but the wind drift is insane. And my buddy had got his twenty two two fifty out, and he was having having a heck of a time hitting steel out there at five six hundred yards because the wind pushed the bullet so bad. Sometimes I, I'm I'm a firm believer that it's not necessarily about shooting long range ain't really about speed, but it's it's about finding you know a bullet that'll buck that wind, and uh, it, it's just real consistent. You know what I mean? But speed does kill coyotes, so. You know, that 103 is going at like 3,250 feet per second. So it's still going pretty fast, you know. So you, you put speed and weight together, you know, it just, it it really helps you out. It takes the guesswork out of it. You don't have to, oh, I need to hold five feet over to the right. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I know I used to love, and I hadn't shot one with it in a long time, that 2250 boy, when it hits them. I just, I guess their body just can't handle that kinetic energy at 4,000 feet a second, man. It just implodes. Yeah, okay. My buddy shoots a 243 with a 55 grain bullet, and it's shooting 4,000. And, man, that thing will just straight up whop them. But I am a firm believer in that 6 millimeter Creedmoor. Now, down in Texas and, in, and some stands around here where, you know, I'm shooting 300 yards max, I'll shoot my 223 all day long. 
Right. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, they got enough knockdown. And if you put that, if you're confident in your gun, and you can put that bullet where, you know, where it counts, they're going to go down. I mean, look at Bo. How many guys you seen get up and run off that he shot with this 223? No, that's right. How far was that still None. target he shot He's the other day? He's never shot a coyote that shot up. How far, how far was that still target bow shot the other day? 680 yards. It was on It was on video. I couldn't remember. I thought it was 600. 18-mile-an-hour crosswind. He shot my Creedmoor. That was his second shot. His, for his first shot, he hit the, the, the pole that it was on, just below the target. I said, all right, buddy, you need to hold up about a, a little higher and hold, you know, two mils to the right for wind. I mean, he's six years old, and he knows mills. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's a poke. Yeah, it is. Crystal hit it. That girl I had hunting with me, she she hit it out there. I mean, but, you know, just getting out and shooting your gun and, and knowing what it does and building that confidence and that muscle memory is everything. I mean, if you really want to be able to hit Kyle's long range, you got to get out and shoot. Yeah, That's she, all there is to it. She killed a dog, too, didn't she? Yeah, first freaking stand. We went live. She smoked one or 200 yards, aced them. Well, what's up? What's she up? got another one. At like 150, and she's good, dude. She, she's like the female version of me. It's weird. What's oh, up? God, that's she's dangerous. Just, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's up it next is, for bro. Heath Baker? Honestly, I feel like I've been lacking. And I told my buddy Whiskey that he laughed. He's like, dude, you go too hard. But I just have all these things I want to do, like that podcast. And I want to get my camera back out and start filming hunts again. And, man, I want so bad just to have a show, even if it's like a YouTube show. The problem is having somebody to film all the time. Because, if you know, if I had somebody to film everything from, you know, walking in and the setup and all that stuff and, and the things I do different, because what I've learned is from guiding people that, that have coyote hunted, I do hunt a lot different than a lot of people. Like, I'm kind of – I'm. I'm kind of hardcore about it. Like, if I think there's a coyote in there, you know, dang near a mile, I'm, I'm putting my pack on and going. And how I enter that stand is very strategic. And it's just, I put a lot of thought into it, but it's just what I do. So, you know, I don't think nothing about it. And a lot of guys will just be like, oh, this spot looks good. There's got to be a coyote out there somewhere. And they'll go out there and just sit down somewhere. You know, I can almost tell you where that coyote's going to come from. Or if there's a bobcat there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, me. So, I know I saw you post the other day. You was doing a little tune-up on a different weapon, and it wasn't a rifle. What's that? It was that old bow. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do a live feed with a bow. <laughs> there you go. Coyote. It's going to be awesome. Have you got any deer hunting plans this year at all, or have you just nixed it? Yeah, I'm going to deer hunt this year, and I've got – I've got, I've got some plans for that for sure. I, I, man, I, I used to be as into deer hunting as I am coyote hunting. Yeah, I, I remember love, you told us yeah, that. yeah, you, yeah, I you told us that. My biggest deer is one eighty eight, and I had a, a chance to shoot a, a true two hundred, and I don't want to talk about it. It was a bad situation, <laughs> but, but man, there. I mean, but you know what's crazy? Every time I drop a coyote, it's just as gratifying as shooting a big mature whitetail with a bow. Like, I get that same rush. You know what I mean? The same gratification. That's that's what matters right there. That's what. Especially if it's like a, uh, you know, an old, mature, smart coyote. I mean, being able to, 
to outsmart them, and especially with hand calls. Man, I had the craziest thing happen the other day on a stand that it, it, it was it gave me anxiety and it got hectic. But after the whole thing was done, it was super gratifying. But my e-collar quit working. I'm hard on them. And I left my zipper open and all my hand calls fell out and I lost them. And I remember to have this horn. And it's a howling horn. And it's a it's an open reed hooked to uh, a cow horn. And it's just for howling. You know, you don't want to do rabbit distress on nothing sounds hollow. That's the only thing I had. And Crystal and Bo were sitting there. And we, we, didn't, we weren't live. And I said, well, we came all the way out here. I'm going to try. And so I got this thing out. And I, I did the best imitation of a rabbit on it I could. And Crystal said, oh, that, that sounds pretty good. I think we'll kill something. Five minutes into it, I look up to my left, and there's two monster coyotes standing in front of Bo. Of course, that little turd, he's got a piece of grass down there playing with it and ain't paying attention because he's like me. He's got ADHD and can't focus on nothing. But, I, being, I, you know, I had all the odds against me, you know what I'm saying? Right. Still called in a double with this freaking horn. <laughs> it was just awesome. That's awesome. That is awesome. You're always losing stuff. You dropped your pistol one day and was having a mass uh, panic attack about that, which I would have been it's too. It's still out there. It's still out there. You got a knife laying in the middle of a cow pasture, Cody, that you lost. What did you that lost that knife? Yeah, it was my son's knife. We were running from cows, and I was the knife was the least of my worries that night. Buddy, let me tell you that one. Died. That was the funniest thing. I, so we're in this field. We've never been there. In the, in, well, Cody went there, and the, the landowner said, there's no cows in the pasture, and we're there. And I'm like, man, these cows look like they're awful close. And we was playing the call, and I looked in my scope, and I, t- I turned it off, and I told him, I said, get the call. And Cody's <laughs> like, what? And I'm like, get the call. Go to the truck. Now we need to start moving. And they're looking at me like I'm stupid until they turned around and looked with their scopes. And what it was, there was a bull across the road in another pasture, and this other bull, he was blowing at it. Now, they did come close to us, but that bull was blowing at that other one, and we were in a mass panic. Josh and Cody's over the fence, and I was like, this is fixing to be a bad situation. And we got out. And right. Did you ever – you never went back and looked for that knife? Nope. The field owns it now. <laughs> no. No, a bush hog owns it now because somebody <laughs> yeah. sent it through their house. Somebody – Probably slung it through a Mercedes. Um, it was a it was a fixed blade knife. It fell out of the sheath, like had a Kydex sheath, and it fell out of the Kydex sheath. It was Cadence, but it was in, it was on my chest rig, and it it slipped out when I was you know tripod gun call. It was mass chaos for sure. Do you ever have any trouble with that Heath cows coming to you? Oh my goodness, yeah, I was terrified of them. Cody is too. Bo, Bo, <laughs> yeah, he, we had him surround us one day, and the same thing you're talking about. There's a bull, and he's just, just screaming at us, and he had a panic attack. Cat, there's good cows and there's bad cows. There's no in between. Good cows, they don't care. They just leave you alone. The bad cows form a line in front of you like redcoats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And then it's game over at that point. Alex but. did save my life one day in the middle of a field <laughs> with some cows. We were, oh we were, my God, that was, was the funniest There was thing one ever. tree in the middle of this field, and these cows surrounded us. And when I by, by surrounded us, I mean. There was about 60, 50, 60 head of cows. They got around us. And I told Cody, I was like, just don't be jumping at them and stuff, because they was getting real nervous real quick. 
And there was one stuck his old snout out there, and I picked up a rotten log, and I mean, I exploded it across his head. And when they did, they scattered back, and I said, run, Cody, run. <laughs> and he took off across the field. Here, Guess who's left standing there with the gals? I, just I, I was that. trying to get to the fence. I was going to turn around and lay down some recovery fire. They're so nosy. They, oh, they, was, they are, and it, it's bad. more curiosity than anything, yeah. I think. But I didn't. But then you start getting them. nervous. They start getting nervous. Yeah. I've done that in Illinois. I went to track a deer one time, and – I took off running. They all got hung up on the fence line and oh, I never looked man. back. Good way to get your gut stomped out is what I see. Well, Heath, you know, I, I know since the last time you were on, you've had a lot of changes in your life, and, and the, the growth that we're seeing out of you has is, is been amazing to watch, and you're continuing to be one of the guys that are in the industry on your outlet that top tier. There's nobody out there doing it as good as you are, and there's nobody that probably takes the time to explain it to everyone like you do, but I know you've got some new stuff coming out. You made mention to us earlier that you've you've got a little new avenue that you're trying to, to pursue. You want to tell us a little bit about that as we wind this thing up? Well, I mean, it, it's, I got some stuff I'm going to do, like that podcast. Like, if you watch a live feed, sometimes I'll just get into something really off topic, like the therapist comes out at me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but, and first off, it's really crazy for me to even hear that, like, you know, that I'm somebody in the industry. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm always going to be that 15-year-old kid that just fell in love with it and just wants to learn and, and be, you know what I mean? Look up that looked up to Randy Anderson and, and old crying on he's with the HS hunter specialties and all this and all those guys, you know? And, and it's like, I, I worked at it so hard and it's like, you know, people, people that come to hunt with me, they look at when, when they get out of their truck and you see this little short five foot eight guy standing there like, Oh, I thought you'd be taller. It's usually the first thing they say, but they act like they're meeting Elvis or something. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm just like everybody else. I just really love doing this. Out of all the things in the world that I can fall in love with, shooting wild dogs is it. And and I'll do it to the day I die. But, you know, like, I I, I was a therapist for seven years, and I'm technically still a therapist. I'm just not practicing right now. And uh, coyote hunting, I, somebody asked me why I love coyote hunting so much. And I really had to think about that. And it doesn't really have anything to do with hunting. But it's like an identity. You know what I mean? Right. Like, when, I, when I'm out there and I put that ghillie top on and I got my pack on, I don't think about nothing else, man. Nothing. I don't think about money issues. I don't think about no relationship issues. It's about me, my rifle, you know, my little boy, and, you know, the the excitement of what what could happen on this stand because you guys know you never know what's going to happen you can call in a whole herd of them or a bobcat or one could pop up in your face or you know what i mean or a raccoon and, could have you by the leg <laughs> yeah but it, it's just it's just that's how i identify myself i'm I'm a, I'm a predator hunter and you know with that being said i want to be the best predator hunter i can be but at the same time what's really gratifying is, is getting messages of, you know, uh, from, from random people that watch your live feed that, that send me a picture, you know, and they got a coyote with their son and Hey, I got to go out and, and I use some of your tactics. And I, I called in this coyote, my little boy shot it and just want to say thank you. And, 
man, that right there is the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Right. Like people are u- using the, the tactics I use and creating memories because you know we only got so much time, fellas. You know that. And you might as well do it. You spend your time wisely. Do something you love. You know, my grandpa before he died, he told me, "Do what you love as much as you possibly can." And he was a fisherman, and he got cancer, and he got so bad he couldn't fish no more. And I don't think he ever thought he would ever quit fishing, but he had to. And you just never know when your last stand's your last stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I walk, I walk into every one of them just completely mindful. I'm in the moment, and, and I'm just loving every minute of it. And to be honest with you, sometimes, like, I don't hardly ever watch a live piece back. I... I I, I laugh at myself when I do because I get so serious. <laughs> and like, uh, look, watching the back is like on the outside looking in, you know. And, and I'm just so into it and serious about it, you know. Sometimes I get goofy or whatever, and I'm not, I'm not anything but he. You know what I mean? I ain't trying to be no hard ass out there. I'm not trying to be, you know, anything that I'm not. And what you see is what you get. That's right. And. uh as you guys know, in hunting, nothing, everything doesn't always go smooth. And it's, I think that's why people love watching those live feeds. And I feel like it's, the live feed is beyond our time right now. Yeah, you're right. You, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I really do. That's why I think in, in a few years, there'll be a lot of people doing it. Probably on a, a hunting platform built just for live hunts. Oh, it'll be it'll be happening with deer hunting. I can see it happening. The biggest thing with predator hunting and being able to do it is you really are looking for those 30-minute, an hour opportunities that you never know what's going to happen. With deer hunting, never you know. never know what's going to happen, but the action is going to be so sporadic. I mean, you yeah. can only sit there but and look. I got it little... down to an art now during the summer where I'm, I'm killing 80% of my stands. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. When I'm sitting there, I can't. Time and effort. I'm just waiting on you to go. That? Oh, right there, right there, right there. And I just wait for that moment. I know, and then dude. You every... Spin and then it, it could it could yeah. be a cow. You just never off. know. Yeah, and there's it's... no editing. You know, like I've had crazy stuff happen. Like I had a squid. I had a cow down in front of me, and my gun wouldn't go off. Well, it's because the primer popped, put the bullet in the barrel, and I was done. So I got home and you know could punch it out. And you know, there's been times when. You know, I, I that one time I ran out of bullets. <laughs> yeah. I was coming into them, and I mean, just crazy. I had the bow and I called seven coyotes in, and the gun malfunction wouldn't go off, and we still managed to kill a triple. You pulled a pistol just, that that stand and was shooting. I did. I did shoot him with a pistol. We still called coyotes. Cody called me when you did that, and he was like, "Oh my god, you got to go over that live, rewind it before it goes off right now. It's going to be awesome." He's shooting him with a pistol, and I'm like, "What are you? T- who are you talking about?" He couldn't even speak. He was so excited. But I think yeah, that's the fun of it. I mean, you 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 create a you create a guy that's able to you know sits in an office. And he's working, and, and he, it puts him in the moment in those live feeds, and that's the cool thing about what you do and what you well, can. And that was to do. my my last point with it is, um, I was I read through every single message I get and answer I answer them all, and uh, it's pretty cool because and if you look down through the comments on the live feeds, there's guys that are like, "Hey, I'm I'm a disabled vet and I can't hunt, and this is the closest thing I can get to being there." And, or, 
hey, I, man, I'm I'm having a, a tough time and just don't have the time to get out there, having to work my butt off and and watching your live feed just you know keeps me going, man. It's like a it's like the best part of my day. Just hearing somebody tell me that my live feed is the best part of their day, man. That's awesome. It really is. So when when I get out of that truck and I'm going out there, I put all that work in it because I want to I want to make something exciting happen for these guys. You know what I mean? Like it ain't it ain't about just me going out there shooting coyotes. And uh, it's just it just puts a whole another level of gratification to it. Man. As it should, and like you say on all your shows, you know you always say your prayer and you're always thankful for your blessings. And you know anybody that anybody that doesn't think that you're humble and thankful for what you've been blessed with just doesn't really know you and hasn't spent enough time around you because your ability to be able to give back to people in your own special way is is a it's a big thing to a lot of people and we enjoy what you do and we enjoy the continued support that you've given us i mean you've given us encouragement you've talked to cody and you know you told him time and time again to keep doing the stuff that we're doing and uh it's a passion yeah, you guys are doing awesome man it's crazy to think you were what you he was what number episode was he back in maybe I don't want to say it was nineteen or twenty when so I was nineteen, 19 or, 20. or twenty and this is going to be number probably sixty five or sixty six so what growth and and you know what fun it's been getting to getting to talk to you but I I'm telling you it's gonna happen where you're gonna put us on a coyote hunt we've got to yeah, make we're that gonna, happen we're together. gonna come out there and spend some time with you we're just gonna. I hate it. We're gonna crash well, at your house. Don't, yeah, <laughs> and we're gonna it'll go. It'll be a good time. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go. Don't talk about it. Be about it, boys. Ah, there you go. <laughs> right. There you go. One up in this fool. Heath. Hey, got, you know what though? Here's my question. So, what happens whenever we get out there and I go live? That, hey, <laughs> we're going. We're, well, we're gonna have to go live before we get out of the truck. We're gonna have to play that music so we can get everybody fired up for we'll it. Up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. No, it's funny because like you know, I go live when I guide people. Man, they get nervous just because that phone's on. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, put it on out there. Miss all these people. Here's the thing. I look at it just like I do, like when I played football. When I played running back in football, what I found out is if I'm sitting back there in my stand. You know, as the cadence going, and I'm overthinking about what I'm about to do, I screw up every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I just let my natural ability take over and just, you know, roll with it and don't think about it, you got to get all those doubts out of your head. All of them out of your head. Well, I think but that's. But you get the doubts out of your head, you got to get out there, shoot your gun, you got to put the work in, you got to build that confidence. You know what I mean? I think that's the thing for us that we've had to learn through doing this podcast is just just hammer it. You know, you got to go with it and just let it roll, and it it always gets more and more comfortable. I know the first time we talked to you, Cody and I both were like, "Holy crap, we're fixing to talk to him." We watch him on there all the time, so you may not you may not think you're making a difference out there, which we know you are, but you are for for a couple of old boys down here in Georgia and a, and a turkey oh, hunter is awful thankful as he sits <laughs> up here and watches all these dogs die on those. Because I can tell you what, Heath Baker from Predator Tactics, he's a turkey's best friend because he's killing them all. So. Yeah, Heath, I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time out of your day and, and coming on with us. And I know you're busy yep. and I know Same you're time, usually man. I know you're usually hunting about this time. You might have time for a stand. We are an hour ahead of you. You could go out and kill one real quick and, and 
and uh, <laughs> mention mention our names. I don't, I don't think you can do it. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh God! How shit. much you want to bet? You know, how much you want to bet on? You gonna go rifle for rifle? <laughs> I'm no, not. No. I'm not. I'm not. I'm out I'll on say, that bet. I was thinking maybe twenty bucks. <laughs> oh me. Well, Heath, we appreciate you taking your time to come and come and be with us tonight, and uh, I'm sure we're gonna be talking to you real soon. Sounds good, boys. Get that address sent to Cody so he can get that hat in the mail. I will do that. We'll talk to you guys soon. All, All right, right. Thanks, thanks Heath. See you, buddy. Yeah. All right, everybody. Heath Baker, Predator Tactics, the Coyote Assassin. I mean, the dude is a legend when it comes to coyote hunting. You know, we made mention of several other people that he hunts with, and he's surrounding himself with positive, like-minded people that uh, – I think that's the biggest thing about Heath that may be a common misconception when people come across his posts and don't really know what he is about. The dude is just, I mean, he's a humble dude. I mean, he's got a great attitude about him. He's hes exactly what we like to try to be. You know, hes he exemplifies humbleness and a faithful approach to everything he does. He should start a God service and start making his own calls. Yeah, no, and, and that, what, that would he be has, a good line. He for has him. some signature calls with Predator Tactics, um, but I mean, I think he's got some things in the works um, that we were talking about. He's he's really he's really looking to stretch it out and do some different things. I could see people calling him on from other states though to come. Hey, come to my farm. I got a problem. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm oh, sure yeah. there's people but that he, reach I mean, out to him that know. But I think he could get a team of guys. You know, like he could pick and choose and almost. Hire some guys to work for him. Yeah. Oh well. The well, thing about it is, there's so many people that are willing to hunt coyotes for furry. Yeah. It's hard to make a living doing it as a business, extracting them. I mean, I, that would be on my how opinion. Bad, how bad you want them gone? Yeah. Well, then you call in a trapper. Or, so or tra- they trapping is you can call them all you want. I mean, you're not going to call everyone in and kill them. Heath uh, will kill more than most, but trapping them is going to be the way to remove them make, best. make a post on facebook right now i have coyotes over here i need them killed and watch how many messages you get i mean people oh yeah out of the woodworks yeah i know? mean and that's because they but they're hunting them at a different level yeah than absolutely. this guy is you know yeah. I mean, he's he's the top of the mark when it comes to comes to doing his live feeds and everything else he is an ace on it be sure to follow heath on facebook but he goes live on the predator tactics page so go on predator tactics and hit that bell and It'll notify you. That's what happens to me every time he goes live. I'm like, well, got to watch this for a minute. Yeah, and he's got a lot Never of stuff over on YouTube, and I know he's working on some new stuff for that. And he's got some great informational videos that he's put on his Instagram and, and on his Facebook. And he likes to share his life as well on there. You can follow along and see he's just like all, all of us. So what else you got, Cody? That's it for me. Great episode, Nick. Great. All right, well. Hey, y'all come back and be with us again real soon. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. And for anyone that's not already, check us out on all the social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You know we're there. You know where we're at. You got something on your mind? Go over to Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Yeah, if you haven't already and you don't know how to do it, reach out to us. We'd love for you to let us know how the podcast is doing. It's real easy. Just go to the podcast, scroll down past the first few episodes, and you'll see a rating there. And right below it will say write a review. Go and tell us what you think about it. If you don't like it, tell us on there, and we'll figure out what we can do better. If you don't for like you. it, if you don't like it, message us and tell us what we can do better before you leave one. Yeah, I mean, let us know what you want to hear as well. If you're listening to this show and you feel like you want to hear a guest on, shoot us a message. Let us know what you want to hear because it's been a lot of fun for uh, for what we're doing, and uh, I think it's going to be a an expounding future. And uh, before we close it out, we're going to go right into our uh, our shooting you straight section. 
This week's Shooting You Straight segment is brought to you by Williamson Brothers Barbecue of Canton. Stop in off exit 16A of Highway 575 or call 770-345-9067 for all of your barbecue and catering needs. So this week's Shooting You Straight question was sent in by an anonymous viewer, and it was a question for uh, Mr. Nick Wilson. So, Nick, um, this user wanted to know, or excuse me, not user, (laughs) (laughs) this viewer or listener wanted to know, uh, after your experiences this past turkey season, what do you find is the most challenging turkey to hunt species-wise that you've hunted thus far? Uh, The Merriam so far, but that's the only two I've hunted, so. It's a very it's a very hard one. Um, like we've said on multiple episodes, if you've listened <clears throat> listened back, they uh, travel a lot. Yeah, they don't have a they don't have a point B. They're a point A and one direction they're gone. Do you think this year is going to be the year you go after a Rio and? Uh... No, I think we're going to stay back on the Merriams and Easterns, and um, we're just going to stay in that Western. We we enjoyed the view so much, and it's about really the only place you're going to catch it. We haven't decided to make that desert run yet for the Rio, but maybe that's uh maybe that's coming up. Can you kill Rios in Nebraska? Are they in Nebraska as well? Or I believe Dave said on that epi- on that first episode that that state is a uh, pick and choose. It one one side of the river it's a Rio, yeah. one side it's a Merriam. Okay, but they also, if you look online, some of those states call it a hybrid. Also, okay. So, like I said, like Nebraska, like if you need your if you need to finish your slam. You can go there, and whatever bird you kill, you can call it one okay. or the other. So you go figure that. That's a cheater state. Yeah, and I think I think Jordan Summit said that too on the other episode. Yeah, he did. He yeah. mentioned it. Speaking of turkey calling, kudos to y'all. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a tough bird. It's a tough bird. Well, cool. Well, we appreciate that listener sending that in. So, um, anything else you got for this one? I'm good, man. Got a lot of work to do. I'm deer season's fast deer season's, approaching. Deer season's going to be here fast. What yep. else? You no, got? I'm excited. Starting to get trail camera pictures in. Looking forward to it. <laughs> cool. Well, for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for listening and being with us again tonight. And uh, as we say, remember, smile as you go and don't forget, mouth the memories. <laughs>